Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. Honored that you're taking time to uh, listen to us today. Whether you're on the treadmill or you're uh, trying to fall asleep, uh, hopefully I can help you with that, or maybe you are in the car. We're glad that you're with us. And we designed this podcast not long ago just to try to help the leaders in our local churches just learn more things and grow closer together. And we're just getting some great feedback from people. So make sure you you share a review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe to this if you haven't already and pass it along to somebody else through sharing it. Uh, But I hope today uh, really helps you out. And I I came across this resource not long ago. I first first heard about it on the Carrie Newhoff podcast because this individual we're going to hear from today bought some advertising space to promote a new Bible study he put out. And then he was so kind as to send me one Uh, And I was honored to get that, and I was amazed at how good it was uh, for an idea that I thought had probably been done before, Uh, but it has not, and it's called the Red Letter Challenge, and it's basically walking through the words of Jesus, not just every word of the New Testament or even the Gospels, but just the words Jesus said, and it's categorized into five great categories that a church leader could teach through and a church leader could read through very, very easily. Takes you about 40 days to get through it, and it is a great, great resource for people that are looking to grow in their understanding of the Word and to just grow in their relationship to Scripture. So Zach Zender is our guest today, and he is the author of The Red Letter Challenge. I really encourage you to pick up a copy of this wherever books are sold. I think your copy might even include a little magnet and bumper sticker or those kind of things, but it is a great resource. And I think that you and maybe your small group or a group of people at the office, and we've been reading it as a family, uh, you might really benefit from this. I think you're really going to like it. So for those of you that have been through Rooted and you're kind of wondering what's next, I think this would be great. For those of you that are brand new to church and you're wondering, how do I start? I think this would be great as well. So I'm really excited about our conversation today with Zach. And so without further ado, here we go. Well, it's great to have Zach Zender with us here today. And Zach, uh, you're located right now in Florida, is that right? That's right, in Mount Dora, Florida. It's just outside of Orlando, so we're in central Florida enjoying a beautiful spring right now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, at the time we're recording, we're having some great weather here in California as well. And I don't know how long you've lived in Florida, but uh, I just, I've lived in California long enough to forget that it snows other places. Have you had that experience? Right. So yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. And so my family's from Nebraska, my wife from Wisconsin. So uh, we definitely know about those snowy years, but we've been in Florida now almost nine years. So I think we've gotten really accustomed to the weather here. And uh, yeah, you do kind of forget that other places, it's really rough. And the rougher it is north, at least in the winter, it seems like the better it is for us. So it's like, it's hard to feel guilty, you know, when, when we're struggling with 50 degree days, when others are just having it a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I, and it's always usually like during college football season, somewhere right. around November, I'll see a game and it's snowing and I think, oh, I guess it is almost winter. Uh, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't even think about it anymore. Um, I, I want to get into obviously Red Letter Challenge, which is is fantastic, but let's deal with some Two big issues um, that okay. are, are pressing on you. One is um, you're a Cleveland sports fan, so I would assume that to mean the Browns. Tell me how excited you are right now that they finally have some offensive weapons. 
Oh man, I am I am beyond ecstatic. I mean, we I think when you've been through the valley that we've been through, uh, you know, the 0 and 16 season, uh, geez, leaving uh, losing a, a a team which I was a uh, you know, a, a child at that point, but I still remember those days uh, and coming back expansion and just being so bad for so long, hitting a low, finally getting a quarterback last year, and now we're getting weapons around him. Geez, it's pretty exciting. It's hard to not feel a little bit nervous because it's Cleveland. And if anyone can mess it up, they've shown a pretty good history. But yeah, man, I, I've never been as excited on what is it, March? end of uh, early April um, for the season to start. So it's going to be fun. Who knows? It's going to be exciting. Well, and you obviously had your time with LeBron James, and, and right. now, now we have him, um, which hasn't proved well for us. But, but you also had you know, a, a couple of good runs there with the Indians of yeah. making it to the World Series. You just, just couldn't quite get over that hump. But, man, for Cleveland fans, I just – I just pray for you. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm i a Kansas it. City Royals, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah, there you and go. I, I think, uh, I mean, at least the Royals have won a World Series, you know, right. twice in 30 years. So we, we like that. And um, it's just Cleveland, it's 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 how they lose, too. You know, we were right. close a couple times in the World Series, but it's like, geez, we, yeah. oh, man. It, it, it's just the endings, the, the, the thinking you have it, and then the getting it, your heart ripped out. Um, but yeah, we've had some good moments and LeBron was amazing. And, and, uh, I've got a lot of Cleveland fans and that's why I'm a, I've never lived there, but my dad just sort of passed it on to me, which is passed down to him. And so now I'm trying to pass it on to my kids and, right. and, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are not too keen on LeBron since he left again, but I don't know, man, he brought us our only championship, him and Kyrie Irving to me are still, I don't care what they do basketball wise. They're good in my book. So yep, that's the great. only championship I've known. So you're grateful anyway. for him because of it. I mean, it is yeah. a pretty remarkable city in the fact that it's the only place I know of where the river has caught fire before. <laughs> right on. Like yeah. a few times. I mean, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so um, I want to ask you about this because it's on your bio, and you and I have talked offline about this a few times. But in November of 2014, you intentionally preached for 53 hours and 18 minutes and broke a Guinness World Record. Um, how crazy are you? Tell me about that. <laughs> well, how long are your sermons normally? Well, not anywhere close to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a it's a long story, but I'll, I'll just give you the the key pieces of it. Uh, it was earlier that year. My wife was doing something. She was leading our kids ministry. We were a new church plant in 2011, 2012. And she was leading the kids ministry and she was doing Guinness world records with the kids for some study she was doing. And I just, I don't know why I just remember thinking like, man, I wonder what the longest Bible study ever done was because I wanted my people to know the Bible more and maybe we can do that. And as I kind of looked into stuff with Guinness, there's not like a Christian category for sermons and Bible studies and things like that. And they said the closest thing to it would be the longest speech. And so, I mean, I wonder what that would look like for a weekend to... Uh, a, just really inform people on who God is, because that was what I did in the 53 hours, kind of work, worked my way from beginning to end of, uh, of the Bible chronologically. Uh, but the real piece that made it a lot of fun was we had just launched through an individual in our church a, 
an addiction recovery program and they were looking to get a recovery home. And sometimes it's hard to get nonprofits off the ground. And especially when you're trying to buy a home to run a program, uh, I wanted to raise money for them. And so we used it as a fundraiser. And, you know, some people pledged like per hour. Some people just gave a flat. We had some sponsors for the thing. And we ended up raising more than $110,000 and opened up a, and it was able to buy a, a men's recovery home for the, the ministry that we were supporting. And since then, what's really cool is they've gotten two more and one for women. And so it's really growing. And, and that was the real piece of it was uh, the wins for me where I get to preach the word of God. And you and I believe that when God's word goes out, it always accomplishes something, whether that's at 9 a.m. on a Sunday or 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning. <laughs> you get into some fun stuff preaching, stuff that you don't think you're going to talk about, just comes to your head. But uh, yeah, man, so 53 hours and 18 minutes, we broke a Guinness World Record. We raised a lot of money for a good charity. And I, I think a lot of people that were there were blessed by hearing God's word. And um, I don't know that I'd do it again. The record's up to like 90 hours now. So oh, it's my crazy. goodness. Yeah, I don't so think why don't I'm you gonna... try it? Why don't you try it, Rusty? You just got to go a hundred. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I and I, 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 I gotta, I gotta know. Like in the last hour, were you hallucinating? Were you, uh, were you still lucid? I mean, what's going through your mind at that moment? Yeah, to be truthful, I think physically I was pretty good. Uh, emotionally, I was kind of. I was kind of a wreck. So I had broken the record at 48 hours and was just trying to add on to it. Um, so part of the record that's, you know, people say, how do you do it? You do, uh, according to the Guinness rules, you got a five minute break for every hour that you speak. Oh. And so you could stockpile those. So my plan was, and, and by the way, you're just in front of everybody. So uh, for those days, I mean, you're eating in front of everybody. Everybody knows your bathroom schedule. And so my, my plan was literally when I had to go to the bathroom to just run and go as quick as I could. I know one time I got in there, did my thing, and got back in a minute. Um, and so that was my goal. How quick can I do this? And I try to do that you know, every couple few hours. But I would stockpile uh, as many minutes as I could. So I was able to get about... I think three power nap, 40, 45 minute power naps in. Um, but by the end of it, it just was more of an emotional thing. And I was kind of working my way all through through the Genesis through Revelation. And I do not suggest, by the way, that you end on Revelation at hour 53. <laughs> because it's already hard enough uh, when you're, you know, this when you're going on minute one. Um, but hour 53. But it, it kind of got to be emotional for me towards the end because we had done a great thing. And, and right. uh, had I needed to keep going, I think I probably could have because I'm super competitive. But I was so kind of emotional at the end that it was like, you know what, this was a great thing. It's done. Um, but physically, it wasn't too bad. I went home. It was Sunday. I think I've turned on football in the afternoon and fell asleep and took a seven-hour nap, woke up for a half hour and took a seven-hour sleep. And it's amazing how quick the body recovered. I was pretty good the next day. So Wow. Yeah, I would think by the time you get to Revelation, at that point, you're having your own Revelation. You're, <laughs> you're seeing seven lampstands and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, 40, I, I don't know exactly when, but yeah, certainly 40, 45 hours in, there, it, the, the crazy part is there were things that I easily knew that I couldn't remember, mm. but then there were also things that I didn't know that I knew that I could remember. Um, scriptures and things like that, because you're not allowed, uh, according to the rules, to have a Bible in front of you. And so 
you are able to have like a PowerPoint. And so all my Bible verses and all the stories that I read, like were on the PowerPoint, but it was so cool because I took questions and answers like at the end of every sermon. And it was so cool to just have some things that I didn't even know I remembered um, come back. And of course, I, I think that's God. You know, it's it's that passage that when you don't have the words to say, God will speak through you. And mm-hmm. what was neat, and my wife even mentioned, uh, which is a good compliment from your wife, um, is the longer it was going, the less of me she saw and the more Holy Spirit came through. So I don't know. It was a cool weekend. I don't know that I'll do it ever again, um, mm. but wow. it was awesome. Well. Yeah. Kudos to you for doing it, man. I'm That's the a... longest-winded preacher of all time, so That's... I'll take that, because I think the guy that broke it wasn't a preacher. So, <laughs> Well, when I go too long and people get mad in children's ministry, I'll just remind them about this. <laughs> right. Uh, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. That's right. All right, let's, let's jump into what it is. Yeah. I, I really want to have you have a chance to talk about Red Letter Challenge. I'm going to let you just explain that. Uh, I, I gave it my best shot in the intro, but I, okay. I, I want the author to tell us where it came from, what it is, and how it's helpful. Yeah, cool. So uh, let me tell you what it is first. It's a 40-day discipleship challenge. So it's meant to be uh, a challenge for people to hear and see some of the, the commands that Jesus gave his followers and give very daily practical, how do I put what Jesus said into practice that day? So it's very much a 40-day experiential challenge of taking what Jesus said and actually doing it. And that's honestly the the novel concept and why I think God's doing really great things with it, because it's not that's not my idea. Jesus said that, right? Um, that we are to be uh, blessed are those that hear and obey, that we are to be hearers and doers of his word. So I've tried to create it in a way to make it uh, fun and and challenging and exciting to follow Jesus. And and so that's what it is. What we what we found, and they're not, we don't look at every single, you know, red letters obviously comes from things that Jesus said. And so we don't look at every single thing that Jesus said. What we were looking at when we started Red Letter Challenge was, what is Jesus calling, commanding, and asking his disciples to do? And then once we saw all that he was saying, we saw five themes and principles jump off the page. And so that's sort of how the book is organized into those five themes, which are being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And so the first five days of the 40 days introduce those five topics, and then each week, seven days, um, so five plus 35, uh, each week then takes that a little bit further. And so uh, there's a week of being with different things about being in relationship with Jesus and really the spiritual disciplines that then goes into the week of forgiving, what it means to receive God's forgiveness and give that away, and then serving, how, how to be his hands and feet. And then giving, Jesus talked a lot about generosity and giving. And then finally going, which is a a very uh, specific call to not just be the hands and feet, but to actually speak who Jesus is, evangelize testimonies, um, telling people how great he is. And so that's uh, kind of a a what it is. Um, And where it came from is my church. So I was looking for something in the beginning of when we planted our church to get all of my people at one time, at the same time, doing the words of Jesus and getting out into the community. It felt like when I was asking them to 
invite their friends to come to church, it almost felt like they were patting themselves on the back because all their friends already go to church. And so I realized, man, I got to get some people out there in the community. And I just didn't know anything better than, well, let me just go back and look at what Jesus said. And so I created challenges and started with a blog and and doing it that way. And that was more than seven years ago. And it's kind of really evolved to where it is now. Um, so anyway, that's a long answer for you, but I could talk for a while about it. As you know, I can talk for a long, long time, Guinness World Record stuff. So <laughs> yeah, well, we'll start giving you five minute bathroom breaks here in a little bit. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about what the you know, the reaction's been, I know a lot of people have done this, a lot of churches have used it. Uh, what's some of the feedback you're getting? And in light of that, if you were to do yeah. it again, what are some tweaks you would have made? If I were to write it again, or if I were to go go through it again? If you were to, if you were to write it again. Okay, cool. So yeah, first, uh, what, what's been going on and what's been happening? Yeah, God's been doing a great thing with it. And I, I believe the reason why is people love the simplicity, at least followers of Jesus, love the simplicity of let's just go back to Jesus. In an age full of a lot of discipleship, a lot of great, great stuff, the best answer is still Jesus. And so it's had, it's had some really great success so far. Uh, we're in the season of Lent right now, and so we have more than, more than 50 churches across the nation that are actually doing it together. Um, so today they're on day 30. And so, you know, 12,000 people have books right now, probably more than 30,000 people on Sundays are hearing about it across the nation. And so God's just really doing some really cool things with it. And, uh, and that's, been, that's been awesome. Uh, some of the things that we see from it is just it, it galvanizes people in a fun, almost competitive way somewhat. And so it, it's an exciting thing to see what people are doing with it. Uh, it just depends on who... Uh, who goes through it with what we're seeing, uh, but we're seeing different things in different weeks. And so in the week of being, it's just a lot of people, uh, especially the one thing I've been shocked when the week of being is we have a day about fasting. And so I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people, I've never fasted before. And wow, that was amazing what God did that day. And then they start thinking about how to make that a practice in their daily life. Mm. Um, so in the week of forgiving, I've heard people uh, man, we have sort of shut the door on a sibling or a friend and haven't talked for years. And this was the week that by the grace of God, now that I know what he's done for me, that we're feeling compelled to open those doors and have those discussions. And so seeing things like that, you know, in the week of serving, uh, seeing people actually go out and serve and do new things and post pictures of, of ministry fairs and soup kitchens and drives that they're hosting. And uh, all of that is, is really been the best piece. And, uh, and, and that's what I love seeing is, and hearing is just the individual testimonies. Um, but also for a church, what we've been seeing is the churches that are doing it are really finding a lot of momentum, and it's helping even the pastor and the leaders of the church to identify at least according to what was important to Jesus, being forgiving, serving, giving, and going, where their people are strong or weak. And that's informing future ministry, uh, future sermon series, future events, and ways that they think about those things. Our church actually has changed our core values to those five things, believing that's what a disciple is uh, called to be, be forgive, serve, give, and go. So that's, a, again, a long answer. And then uh, I think you asked another question of... If I had to write it again, what would I change? Right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's a difficult one because I, when I look at it again, I'm like, man, I should have said this or I should have added this. 
And so I don't know that I would change too much, but I probably just have fresh ideas and content around some of the the topics and and things that I think might be better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're a writer, so you probably you're probably your toughest critic. And mm-hmm. uh, this was something that I never really planned to do, and so it was a long process. That after a while, I'd seen I'd taken enough steps that I was almost there, so I might as well finish. And and I think because of that, it it, it wasn't. I don't have a lot of regret or, man, I wish I would have done that. But certainly as I look back, I think, yeah, I could have said this or I could have done that. Uh, I was never thought of myself as an author or a writer. Mm-hmm. And so that always feels a little bit weird that I don't even think that's, I don't know. I think it's good writing. I think the idea is great, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, <laughs> but we're probably our harshest critics. So I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, right. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so just in, in kind of winding up here, I, you mentioned five things that you base the book off of and thus have become your core values. When you were writing this, which of those five really stood out to you the most? Maybe even surprised you a little bit as you're, you're kind of looking through these words of Jesus and you're thinking, boy, I never realized how much he focused on this or how much he talked about this. Uh, because we all kind of get into a way we hear the New Testament, and it usually, you know, the volume goes up for the things that we like and down for the things that we don't. Is there was there anything you came across that you thought, boy, I never really thought about it that way? Yeah, I th- I think maybe the one that was, let's see, the most surprising for me was, and again, because I was just looking more at imperatives and commands, uh, is probably the forgiving one, mm. um, because I think a lot of us when we think of what do I do when I follow Jesus? I think a lot of us think of serving. I think a lot of us think of evangelizing. We think of giving, and we think of relationship. But to see as many commands as Jesus had around just the idea of forgiveness and grace, I know that my God is gracious, and that's a huge, huge piece. Um, But to have that many commands around it, and I think that's probably the most difficult one to wrap our heads around how do we do this, because the other ones might make more sense uh, from a, uh, I, can, I can tell somebody how to serve and how to give, but sometimes it's hard to tell someone how to forgive and, and really to help them in that process. And so hmm. I think from a command perspective, I was maybe the most surprised by forgiving, which shouldn't surprise us because God is a God of grace. And that's what Jesus is known for, and one of the first things I think of when I think of him. But yeah, that's probably the one. Yeah, I totally agree. That uh, It's amazing how much it's tied to our own personal health and growth and and even forgiveness is how much we forgive others. So that's yeah. fascinating. Well, Zach, this has been really encouraging and great for our listeners, I know, because the, uh, the content's been, been great for me as well. And our family has really loved your book, and we've been reading it together at night and uh, just cool. continue to tell people about it. So I know how difficult it is to write. I know how difficult it is to get it out there and then to have to be your own publicist in the process. So <laughs> know that I'm helping you in this journey because I, I, awesome. I love this work, and more people should read it. So thank you for writing it, and don't stop writing. Keep writing. There's a there's a need for more people to, to write good stuff, and, uh, and you're doing it. So thank you so much for 
uh, your time and for uh, and for your writing. So I want to I want to wrap up our time with three questions that I always ask everybody. And okay. um, the, the I'll just go ahead and tell you what the three questions are, so you can think while you talk. Um, the first one is. What's a uh, book you've been reading you highly recommend? The second one is an app that you've been using that you really like, and that can be for anything. And the third one is, can you share a stage faux pas that you made, whether you said something you shouldn't have or maybe you fell down or whatever? So I'm sure being on stage for 53 hours, something was bound to happen. But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let you start with what's a book you've been reading you encourage others to read? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one that I, I read in the, the recent past, uh, last few months, that was really helpful for me is from, I know he's a friend of yours, Kerry uh, Newhoff. Um, his book, Didn't See It Coming, is a, a really fabulous book um, for church leaders, for pastors, but also just those that are um, those that are leaders today. Uh, I think it, it it really hits on a few really important things that that we didn't, we don't see coming that really do impact us a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's a book that I've been reading, uh, an app I recommend, uh, I've been using this one a lot and it goes back to our previous discussion at the beginning, bleacher report on all my Cleveland Browns updates, man, gotta have it. That is a great um, you app. Use that one for yes, sports. I do. It's really good. So that's a great one. Um, uh, and, and let's see stage faux pas, my goodness. I can think of a couple uh, from from uh, I can think of one for me, and I also have one. My dad's a pastor that he that I think is pretty funny too. Um, but I just remember, yeah, there's always the times that we stumble upon our words, and uh, there was the one time, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a huge deal, but I mentioned and taught was talking about all the guys that have the the blonde eyes and the blue hair, and so you know, mixing up mixing up those things. But right. I remember my dad; he's got a pretty funny one. Um, at his church, he, so part of their, their culture is they have the service and then they let the, the kids go out for kids church uh-huh. and, and they have like this cross that they all follow, follow out. And, and so, um, at one of these days they brought the cross in and, and my dad mentioned it and for whatever reason, didn't look like a lot of kids got up. And then finally, uh, a couple of kids got up and my, my dad said, Hey guys, just follow the, the white kids out, um, to the, <laughs> to the kids church because the kids that got up, their last name is white. Um, and so anyway, he got, he got a lot of, a lot of slack for that, but, uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. There's a lot of times where we say things that we, you know, and, and that was part of the thing growing up as a pastor's kid is we would always, yep. always tell my dad the things he screwed up on, not the things he did well, because oh, that's of course. what yeah, pastor's that's, kids should do, right? That sounds like our Sunday afternoon when I get home. Right. Oh man. Well, Zach, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing your time and for writing and make sure you keep doing that and we'll keep promoting it. So appreciate you, brother. Awesome. Thank you, Rusty. I really appreciate you too. Wow. That was so great. Love talking with Zach and just great intel from him. And pick up a copy of Red Letter Challenge. You can grab that on Amazon and maybe get several for you and your family and friends uh, to kind of walk through together. And if you happen to be a church leader, I know that Zach wrote this so that your church can go through it and you can grab that there and follow along. That would be great for you as well. So until next time, um, hope you have a great, great month and we'll talk to you next month with another very exciting conversation with a very special guest.